0: Hello and welcome to Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego-area songwriters and their music, brought to you by the Songwriter Support Group Workshop and Performance at Amplified Studios. I'm your host, Gary Lee. My guest today is Ashley E. Norton. Welcome, Ashley. Hello, thank you. Uh, nice to finally meet you and have you on the show. If I'm not mistaken, your music career was kickstarted when you were in Arizona?
1: Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. I was. Uh, I was younger. (laughs) And then I moved to, I was there and I was in some bands and kind of started out. And then I I moved to Nashville for a while, which I call Nashville University. I did my four years, got my degree and uh, then toured around for a while. Not an actual degree. This is just the degree of life and experience. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was in a band called Witherward and we toured around for about six years until kind of the pandemic shut us down. And here I am.
0: Uh, Was music played a lot in your house when you were growing up
1: oh yeah yeah we listened to a lot of stuff i we i we slash i loved musicals that was like our thing and i would i was such a nerdy kid and i would put in like cds of of hair and um uh into the woods and just like these really random musicals and i would dance around my living room and sing along and and my parents were like oh she can actually sing that's (laughs) interesting
0: was um anybody else in your family musically inclined
1: you know, I I always thought my sister was, and she'll tell you otherwise. But she was very artistic, and she would do mostly dancing, and she was in all the musicals. And I loved, I wanted to be a, a great singer like her. But like I said, she'll she'll tell you otherwise. And um, my aunt, she was a folk singer, and I would just obsess over her little recordings that she would send. And but mostly, my my grandmother was a very um, uh, kind of a, popular's not the right word, successful opera singer, mm-hmm. I guess is the right word. So she would kind of tour around and, and sing in opera houses. And I've got these books of her costumes and all these things. I I didn't realize until recently, like kind of how deep this went, actually, until my dad gave me a book of hers with all of her newspaper clippings. Aside
0: from musicals that you listen to, what other types or, or <laughs> genres of music were you listening to when you were growing up?
1: Um, When I was growing up, I listened to, well- I think like in the 90s, I listened to a lot of, um, I listened to a lot of like Sarah McLachlan. And I think that's kind of what got me into, into performing mostly is listening to, you know, the singer songwriters. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Lila Fair kind of came around and and Jewel, of course, and Indigo Girls. Those were the the women with the guitars were the ones that really made me want to pick up a a guitar and kind of do that thing.
0: And do you remember when you first started playing the guitar?
1: I was 14, my aunt that I spoke of, who Mm -hmm. was a folk singer, she took me to um, get my first guitar and I was pretty terrible about it for a long time. I was really insecure about playing guitar for a long time because uh, I just didn't think I was very good and so I I didn't think I could get any better, I guess. I don't know, like I wish, you know, someone would have shook me (laughs) (laughs) back then and been like, go practice, you're gonna be great. But it took me a long time. I was in bands and I didn't really play guitar much until I got to Nashville, and I kind of had to. And it was like a sink or swim kind of moment, you know?
0: <laughs> Did you go to many concerts when you were younger?
1: Uh, not when I was really young, but um, again, kind of like in my teens, I started going to more concerts, like the Lilla Fair people. Like, uh, yeah, I was very heavily influenced by the chicks in the nineties. I got to say, <laughs> yeah,
0: some great music. <laughs> yeah, it really was. There. Yeah, About time.
1: Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, and Lilla Fair. I mean. Sarah McLaughlin and Cheryl Crow I mean they weren't the radio back then they were not allowed to and I say back then the 90s they weren't allowed to play women back to back on the radio That's they weren't right. allowed they didn't allow two women to co-headline a bill together or even have a woman opener for a woman headliner like everything changed after Lilith Fair it was incredibly inspiring
0: yeah, I, w- I was in radio for 35 years. Of oh, so you
1: know what I'm talking and, about. And
0: yeah, you could not play for so long. You could not play two women um, artists back to back.
1: I was told in Nashville, because, uh, you know, I moved there to be a songwriter. And I was told, don't write songs for women because you won't get them cut. Really? That was and when 2010, when was this? 2011. was 2010? Really? 2012. So 2010 through twenty. 20- 14, I was told, don't write songs for women, unless you're writing songs for yourself. Mm -hmm. I was told when you go to write a song and try and get it cut by another artist, specifically in country, don't write a female song because females are not on country radio and you're not going to get a cut.
0: Well, that's not true.
1: Not anymore. But back then, if you looked at the top 10, it was all men. It was crazy. Even Taylor Swift or Miranda Lambert would sneak in there, but then just all men.
0: You had some of your mainstays back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd get, you know, Trishy or Wood and, and stuff like that, I guess, even further back. But clearly, I'm, I'm very pro-women in music, obviously. I didn't intend for this interview to take this direction, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Some great uh, music comes from women.
1: Yeah, well, in my band is, is All Female, that lady psychiatrist booth.
0: I love the name of that band. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you self-taught on the guitar?
1: Kind of. I took some lessons. Um, when I got my first guitar, it was a seagull. And I went to, I went to this, to somebody in Scottsdale, Arizona who taught me. And I think after just a few lessons, I just, I, I was like, I can do this on my own. And maybe that was why I didn't progress as fast as I thought I wanted to, (laughs) 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 or as I thought I might. And so I would open up, uh, I would buy the, the booklets, like Sarah McLaughlin and Jewel booklets with the chords in them, and mm-hmm. I would sit in my room and I learned how to play B minor very incorrectly, but it works for me. <laughs>
0: so when you got to Nashville, yeah, what was it like being in such a robust music community like that?
1: Oh, it was wonderful. I, I found my own little niche. I, I kind of stumbled into hosting songwriter nights there, mm-hmm. and so I never played a single cover in the four or five years I lived there. Because all these people were playing on, on Broadway, playing cover music, and that's how they made a living. But I found a way to do it by hosting songwriter nights instead. And so these uh, these venues would hire me to book maybe 12 to 15 artists a night, songwriters, and everyone would get up and do three songs in the round. And I would always carve out like a little half an hour for myself. It was my show. I could do what I wanted.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and it was a blast, and I met so many great people that way. Some, you know, friendships for life. And it, we built a community um, in the community. It was really cool. I, I loved it. I never felt like a uh, small, I never felt small in Nashville.
0: Oh, huh, that's great. Yeah. You wouldn't I did think leave. that. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it'd be tough just to get yourself in there and, yeah. and, and, and be recognized.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, maybe it's, I've never felt small. I don't think ever in my life. It's just not part of my thing.
0: There's nothing wrong with I, that. I'm just kidding about that. There's nothing wrong with the feeling.
1: Well, you know, I just uh, like to jump in and I'm never afraid to do it, you know, and I, I love where I love wherever I'm at. I love connecting with people. I love that part of, of the music industry, playing with other band members, writing with other songwriters, even just being around amazing musicians, you know, going to their concerts, supporting each other. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. All of it.
0: You're going to play three original songs for us today. What is your first one?
1: I'm going to do something, um, I wrote in Nashville actually, I didn't really think about what I was going to do until I pulled up here and I was like, I'll do something old and something new, something borrowed, something blue, (laughs) not those other things, but um, yeah, I'm going to do it with my little friend in my shoulder here because I'm making noise, but this um, this is a song called Pencil and Pen and I hope I remember all the lyrics, I don't know why I decided to do this one, I really like this song though. Name that time signature for all you drummers out there.
2: (laughs) Erase this poem from my mind I don't want to know its rhyme Like I never knew it wasn't love all these lines all blur the same no matter how i turn the page lover if you could close it shut like i never was written like i never was printed i'm already so heavy Fly away off on a paper airplane with the words through into the gray. Like I was black and white, like you were doing me right. I'm already so heavy. I didn't need your lead. You wrote it in pencil, and I read. Didn't need your lead You wrote it in pencil And I read it I read it in pen.
0: That you uh, left Nashville because you were tired of working within the confines of the music industry. What about the music industry was it that made you want to get away? Was it that they weren't woman-oriented as much? No,
1: that wasn't it, actually. But, well, you know, maybe a little bit because I got—mostly I I just felt like nothing was being done, and I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt like I would, you know, sign up with a— you know, a producer is one thing. That's, that's not it. It's the management and the label. Like I've I've had label and management deals and all that stuff. And I have like one in particular, like Nashville shark story. That's just horrible. But, um, even after that, like I would sign up with this person or sign up with that person, even if it wasn't really their fault. Like if something wasn't happening, um, it wasn't happening. And I was like, well, would I, you know, I think I made Two albums when I was there, and really, I I hardly released them. I think I released one EP out of some stuff myself. But um, like, why is why are these songs not being released? Why are my tour? Why am I not getting tours booked? Mm-hmm. Why am I like? I felt like I was just constantly waiting for somebody else to do something, and I was I was tired of that. And I'm like, I want to go do it myself. So I left and I started. I learned how to book my band, and I I booked I that last song can be found on um, my old band, Witherword, and um, Witherward left to tour, and we I would book us, you know, 250 shows a year all around the world, just kind of ping-ponging around the country, and eventually we started going to Europe, and I was like, oh, we're doing uh, something.
0: You were, you were doing it on your own. <laughs> they were just too slow, huh?
1: Exactly, and we, you know, found a way to make a living doing music the way that we knew how, so I was like, why do I need the industry, mm-hmm. you know? I mean... I hope at one point I'll get somewhere where like maybe I can start pulling some people in who can be part of a team and actually do something, but I haven't yet.
0: (laughs) But that wasn't the way it was there.
1: No, I couldn't. I I was building teams, but it just, nothing was, nothing was happening. Hmm. I was tired of waiting. waiting.
0: Still not going anywhere. Yeah. So when did you move to San Diego?
1: In 2020. (laughs) Like I said, we were on tour. We were on a permanent tour for six years. We were, uh, we were homeless. We weren't, We weren't homeless. We, we never were without a home. You know, we've got a wonderful network of parents and, and music supporters and fans. And my now husband, who's boyfriend at the time, um, somehow put up with my crazy tour schedule for all those years. But, um, we, you know, we would just kind of stay wherever along the way. And uh, I don't even remember the question now, but it was... <laughs>
0: when, when did you move to San Diego? Oh, that was it. <laughs> so
1: we, we kind of couldn't figure out how to stop. And, you know, after six years on the road, you get really tired of touring really fast. But we, we kind of couldn't stop because we didn't know how. And then, you know, 2020 came around and was like, well, you're going to stop anyway. Now you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend, who's now my husband, said, why don't you come to San Diego and be near me? So So
0: we, he was in San Diego.
1: Yeah, he was here. He's, he's from San Diego. And, uh, and he said, you know, there's this little town called Ramona. And they've got great hiking there. Do you want to move there? And I said, sure. And that's where we are. And we've got an awesome life there. It's a cool little in music town, too.
0: It is. I've, I've noticed how Ramona is just really growing as far as the music community
1: oh, is yeah. concerned. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. It's so cool to be part of it. I've it's, had
0: several artists from ramona on the show
1: it's popping off and and a lot of artists are moving to ramona because they're like they want to be part of it you know yeah. which is so cool we're like come on up
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> good up the hill
0: <laughs> uh, you're listening to uh music maker san diego i'm talking with ashley e norton today uh, tell us about the next song you're going to play for us
2: this one
1: is something we recorded we as in my band lady psychiatrist booth um, we've got an album coming out at some time this year. I don't know when, sometime. Um, we actually went back to Nashville to record with some of my old, um, old producer friends there, old producer friend there. And um, uh, yeah, they, I bring pretty much most of the songs, all but one, to the table. Um, and everyone really liked this one, so we arranged it for the band. And it's called That Girl. It's kind of about just always wanting to try and be better.
2: I wanna be that girl they say I knew her when about I wanna stand on that stage, guitar picks to throw out I wanna be in Rolling Stone and make my parents proud And I wanna lose my hearing cause the speakers were too loud I wanna be that girl softly That girl's right on key That girl's learning slowly As she's floating out to sea That girl used to be future young adults to sing I want to be the reason that she started practicing I want to show the joy that music therapy can bring and I want to move the needle to the center of this thing I want to be that girl that girl changes softly right on key that girl's learning slowly as she's floating out to sea that girl used to be And I just want to be a good Daughter, wife, and neighbor And someone who really could Listen to your problems And be a shoulder to cry on Maybe that's all I'll be Before this life goes on I want to be that girl on key that girl's learning slowly as she's swimming home from sea that girl is gonna be
0: talk about your uh, songwriting process what does that entail for you
1: I'm pretty much lyrics first Uh, I usually start with a I have a you know a note app in my phone where I just constantly write down ideas like a a song hook will pop in my head and often I'll kind of end up writing a bunch of chorus lyrics down which I then pick up my guitar and they start to mold it from there so usually chorus first lyrics first but you know there's exceptions to that of course
0: are you a disciplined writer?
1: I am. I actually have a Patreon page where, uh, that I started in, in uh, 2020 during the lockdown, and I pledged to write one song, and, and I learned how to you know produce it out of my bedroom, like just little demos. Um, so I would write and release one song per week since 2020 and I've never missed a week. So I'm disciplined because I have to put it out whether I think it sucks or not. It's getting getting out there. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm really happy with it. But it's been a really great exercise because, you know, I did, like I said, Lady Psychiatrist Booth did a whole album this year, my band, and also I did a whole solo album this year as well that's going to come out. And I just walked into the studio both times with like 30 songs trying to figure out which ones are going to fit together into a little booklet of music. Do so. you, ever,
0: you ever get an idea, start writing a song, and then put it on the back, back burner and come back to it later?
1: Very rarely, but I do. I have a song called Spanish Cafe that's going on the Lady Psychiatrist Booth album. I started that song 10 years ago. And I uh, kind of, I wrote all the lyrics, and I could never figure out how to put music to it until I went to Spain last uh. March. And because my sister just moved there, and I went to visit her, and I bought a guitar when I was there so I could leave it with my nieces so they'd have something to learn on. And I picked up the guitar, and the song p- popped in my head, and I wrote it in like 20 minutes. I just needed to be in Spain.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that, was, that was the key, right there. Yeah, huh? it's called
1: Spanish Cafe. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it important that your songs are relatable?
1: Yes. Although that always surprises me. I have a song called Ghosts of Germantown about an area of Nashville I lived in called, called Germantown. And, and uh, I, when I moved away, I wrote that song because I I would go back and I would kind of feel like a ghost. And I wrote this song and I would perform it out everywhere because my, my bandmate known Witherward really loved it. And um, I was like, I don't know who's going to relate to this song though. And someone came up to me after I said that and after we wrote it, and then I went, said that in the microphone at a show and someone came up to me and they said, everyone has a Germantown.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So even when you might not think your songs are relatable, like they're that you know everyone pulls their own story out of it, right? Like your right. job is to write it, but it's your audience's job to feel something out of it and they will or they won't, but
0: maybe interpreted a different way.
1: Exactly, and I'm totally comfortable with that.
0: Uh what's the the third song you're going to play
1: for us? This is <laughs> The third song is called Helen Michelle, and I have a little audience participation <laughs> on this one. So it's actually an uh, a cappella song. So I'm going to put carefully put my guitar down without r- ripping this microphone out for the third time today. Um, I wrote this. I co-write a lot, especially. I still have friends in Nashville. That um, I have friends in Nashville that I try to try to like stay in touch with them and keep up my writing chops with them. Uh-huh. Some of my favorite co-writers. And I got on a co-write with two of my favorites, um, named uh, Johnny Garcia and Troy Powers. And I came at them with this idea, Helen Michelle. And my uh, one of my best friends is uh, was at a show. Her name's Michelle. And then one of my other best friends came to the show, and her name's Michelle. And I said, Michelle, meet Michelle. And she, one, Michelle A looks at Michelle B and goes, Do you know we put the Helen Michelle? So. We wrote this song, we put it as an a cappella piece on our album, and my little dog Garfunkel here has decided that he really likes to sing along to this song and this song only. We don't know why. Um, sometimes people are like, it hurts his ears. No, he. we could hum it and he'll sing he'll it. Still do it. Yeah, so I don't know what it is, but he just likes to sing along, and it's very cute. So I, I thought I would end with, with this since he's here with me today. This is uh, Helen Michelle.
2: Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. The hell in Michelle, frisky in the whiskey, puts the right in the right, In the wrong in the bong. Teas in tequila, the sex on the beach, the fire in the fireball, all night long. She puts the hell in Michelle, she puts the hell in Michelle, she puts the hell in Michelle, she puts the hell in Michelle. She was Daddy's little angel with a pretty pink halo One shot of drama and the girl's gone wild But Daddy doesn't know she's a raging volcano Hot lava mama, she's a voodoo child She puts the hell in the shell Frisky in the whiskey Puts the right in the right and the wrong in the bong Teas tequila, sex on the beach Fire in the fireball all night long She puts the hell in the shell She puts the hell in the shell she would tell her She Oh Two shots of drum She's Jekyll and Hatch. puts the hell in Michelle, Frisky in the whiskey puts the right in the right and the wrong in the bong Tease and tequila sex on the beach fire in the fireball hon i launch puts the hell in Michelle, Frisky in the whiskey puts the right in the right and the wrong in the bong Tease and tequila sex on the beach fire in the fireball Whole i launch puts the hell in Michelle. Puts Helen Michelle. She puts Helen Michelle. She puts Helen Michelle. She puts Helen Michelle. She, puts Michelle. she puts Helen Michelle. She puts Helen Michelle. She, puts Helen, Michelle. she puts Helen Michelle. Wow. Good boy. Good boy. Oh, that is great. so made- good. You're so I good. want to
0: mention that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, your band, Lady Psychiatrist, booth yes! is up for San Diego Music Award yes! in the uh, Best Americana Band category. Correct?
1: Correct. It's such an honor. Like I tell everyone, you know, that we've already won. Just to be nominated is such a huge honor. But please go vote. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and voting uh, goes until uh, I believe it's 5 p.m. March
1: 25th. Yeah, that's correct. I'm right. voting every day.
0: Ashley, <laughs> uh, how can people find out more about you? How can they find out where you're playing, where your band's playing, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, I've got some really awesome shows, um, regular shows and pop-ups all over the place. Lady Psychiatrist Booth plays about once a month. We've got a big show coming up on April 20th at Ramona Stage with all the Ramona nominees for San Diego Music Awards. There are five of us. Five bands. That is. That's great. Um, More than that, worked on those projects actually, and um, we've got. uh, I'm sure I'm I'm missing some important dates off the top of my head, but I have the the Songbird Show, which it features. (laughs) Talk about women in music, myself and two other female singer songwriters every single first Friday of the month up in Ramona. So check out the Songbird Show. Um, as well as I am Ashley E. Norton. You can look up my schedule at ashleyenorton.com. Do not look up AshleyNorton.com. You will find a doorknob company, and I ain't nobody's doorknob. So that's why we put the E in there, or ladypsychiatristbooth.com. And like I said, there will be albums out for both projects real soon.
0: All right, Ashley, thanks for being on the show today. Good luck with your uh, San Diego a music Award nomination. Thank you. Um, I've been meaning to go to one of your songwriter events. Oh, Humber they're so events. great. Um, so one day, hopefully, I'll, I'll get to one of those shows.
1: I will, yeah. Just message me. I'll get you a ticket. All right. I know Sounds someone. Sounds
0: good. <laughs> uh, that does it for another episode of Music Makers San Diego, where we shine the light on San Diego area songwriters and the music. Brought to you by the Songwriter Support Group Workshop and Performance at Amplified Studios. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one.